From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. It's time for another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com. You can get this podcast audio-wise each and every week wherever you download your podcasts as well as IdahoSports.com. You can also watch the video of this PrepCast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Brandon Bainey here with Scott Burton. Scott, you're donning the Dodgers jersey today. L.A. Dodgers represent. Oh, hey, you know it, man. Half game back to the Giants now after a win last night. Uh, 30 games left in the season. It's time to get serious. And they, they're done playing the Giants this year, right? Uh, they've got a, I think they've got a big series coming up. Uh, they've got San Diego coming up. Um, and I'd have to look at their schedule to be, yeah. to be sure. But, uh, you know, they got a couple of NL West series coming up there, which are going to be huge. So, for um, sure. I got to get my guy Bellinger going. That's who I got. That's whose jersey I got. And he's like, you know, one for like a thousand. Yeah, that's for sure. And so, yeah, you're a big baseball fan, of course, Dodgers fan. Now, football, you like you like the L.A. Rams as well, right? Uh, I'm a Rams, Lakers, Dodgers guy. And I, I just, I mean, the, the quick story behind that is I was like five or six years old. And I walk into, you know, my, the living room. My parents are watching a football game. And I was one of those kids that knew my sports teams before I knew my alphabet. And I walk in and they're watching the Rams and the Falcons play. And I walked up to the TV and I just kind of was captivated by the Rams helmet at like five or six years old. And I go, who's that? They go, those are the Los Angeles Rams. I go, well, that's going to be my team. And I never changed. I'm loyal to a fault. But then in my little, you know, mind, I'm thinking, well, they're the Los Angeles Rams. I guess I need to like the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Los Angeles Kings. And I hate L.A. I mean, the town, I mean, it's a mess, but all their teams I've liked since I've been like a little kid. So go Dodgers. Yeah, that's good synergy. I feel like I'm talking to my dad here because he likes all the LA teams as well. So we're well-versed in Dodgers, Rams, stuff oh, yeah. in my house too. So, <laughs> right. right well, uh, speaking of uh, football, not NFL football, but high school football, Scott, holy smokes. We had a great week one. It was nice to see everybody back on the field. Oh, it is. It's so cool when you finally get going. You can start to see things take shape. And what everybody does after that first week is they go right back to the previews. And then everybody's like predictions. Did we get this right? Are we on the right track? How are things shaping up? And so now that things are starting to, to unfold, you're – you know, there are some surprises out there, but there's also, yeah, we kind of knew that was going to happen as well. Yeah. Real quick, sp- speaking of the picks and the predictions, I, I want to let everybody know that uh, this year at IdahoSports.com, we're bringing back our gridiron game picks. You can find that on the homepage at IdahoSports.com right now. I know that's been one of our most popular features in the past. We didn't do it last year, obviously, because of COVID-19. It just wreaked so much havoc on the schedule. And then this year, we wanted to give ourselves a, a, a cushion week where we didn't unveil it last week for the full slate of games because we wanted to double check and make sure that COVID wasn't going to rear its ugly head again. And with the exception of a game or two, we really have been able to proceed as normal. So we thought, okay, looks like we're going to have a somewhat normal season. We'll bring back the gridiron game picks. You go up, uh, you, you sign up for a profile on IdahoSports.com, takes two seconds. And from there, you pick every single game in the state of Idaho. And if you get the most picks correct, you win 25 bucks, some cold, hard cash. You get to maybe prove that you're smarter than the so-called experts from IdahoSports.com. It's a lot of fun, Scott. 
Yeah, it is. It's, it's a great time. You know, the, the best part about that is, uh, you know, a couple of guys in the pool, you get a little couple side bets going. A lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So uh, this will give you all of the insider info you need to know about those Magic Valley specific matchups uh, before you fill out your gridiron game picks. And again, that's at idahosports.com. So let's revisit the week that was in the Magic Valley. Let's start in the Great Basin Conference because that's where a lot of the compelling games were. We had uh, on Friday night, idahosports.com, we had the broadcast of Mountain Home against Burley, a conference game to open up the season and ended up being a really good game. Mountain Home wins 28-21 in a tight one. Yeah, you know, we talked about that one prior to as kind of a big question mark. We didn't know uh, really kind of how that was going to shake out. I mean, you look back at, you know, the previous season, and Burley was able to score some points last year. In Mountain Home, we knew they were going to bring back a little bit of size. And so, you know, the 28-21 win for Mountain Home was really dictated by the size advantage that Mountain Home has, especially on the D-line. The D-line, they've got a couple of guys there that can really get some things done. I mean, Clark and Swenson um, are as good as it gets in the conference, you know, and what that does is it just changes what you have to do offensively because all of a sudden you're paying attention to these two guys that are demanding, you know, double teams half the time, you know, and when you've got that one-two punch, you know, that's that makes it tough you know, to, to score points and to really kind of get a push on the offensive line. And so really the, the difference there, um, at least in my opinion, was, were those two guys on the D-line. Yeah, and I think we saw that Burley maybe has a little juice to what they're doing as well. You know, Mountain Home got up 28 to nothing. Burley came storming back in the second half, and the Bobcats actually had a chance at the game-tying touchdown uh, on a fourth down pass to the end zone, the pass was dropped. And, and that ultimately was a difference. But I think Burley might be a little bit better than we thought as well. I agree. And, you know, I think Burley turned some heads. You know, I think when they fell down 28 nothing, people were like, well, you know, here we go again. But Burley showed a little bit of kind of moxie coming back and uh, and have a chance to win that was – I mean, that's got to that's gotta give you a little shot in the arm moving forward that, hey – we've got something here. We might be a surprise. And, you know, talking to the mountain home coaches, I mean, they said the same thing. They go, Burley might surprise some people this year. Yeah. So that was a good way to uh, get the season started for both teams, even though it was a loss for Burley. I think they built a lot of confidence. The other great basin seven conference matchup. We had two conference games right out of the gate. You had wood river against Canyon Ridge. Those were the two teams picked to finish uh, seventh and sixth in the preseason coaches poll. Wood river comes away with a very narrow 14 to 13 win and they're one to know right you know and, and having wood river not really play a season last year they had two games you know and who knew how they were going to respond i mean were they going to be so out of sync because they just hadn't played or were they going to be able to get it together and be hungry enough to to fight and claw for a win and then canyon ridge with their new coach i mean what were they going to do how's things going to look there so i mean this was a although it was a you know a preseason six versus seven there was some interest there on kind of how things were going to shape up. And, you know, as it turned out that that game really boiled down to special teams, you know, um, the Conrad Foster, Wood Rivers kicker, you know, he was two for two on the extra points. Um, but other than the squib that they had at the end of the game, his kickoffs were in the end zone. So Canyon Ridge got no return. Um, and he also had two punts over 50 yards and he also made a touchdown saving tackle, you know? And so, you look at kind of Wood River's success. I mean, it came from an unlikely place, 
Um, but they were they were able to get it done. And, you know, they scored the go-ahead touchdown with 25 seconds remaining. You know, and when you do those kind of things after being out of the, the, the I guess, the football scene for so long, uh, there's a little excitement up in Wood River. There's a little bit of confidence, too. It's kind of it's kind of fun to see. Yeah, it's really nice to see after everything they went through last year to, to get that exciting win, get a little shot in the arm for their program. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's pretty tremendous. The uh, the next game that really turned heads, I think, was a, a non-conference game. Twin Falls is a team that was picked to finish second in the Great Basin Conference this year. Valley View was a team that was picked to finish fourth in the SIC. And I think a lot of people statewide, or at least over there in the Treasure Valley, have the perception of, well, our fourth best team is better than your conference champion, right? Because Boise Metro were so strong. Well, I'll tell you what, Twin Falls really took it to Valley View and won 28 to 14. And I thought that was a great win for the Bruins. Oh, it's a huge win for Twin Falls. It's the first opening win in three years, you know, at Twin Falls. And it's their first home opening win in six years. So, I mean, to start the season on a positive note for Twin Falls is something they haven't done in in a little bit of, you know, in, in a while. Um, you know, in the last three years, Twin Falls is one in seven against non-conference opponents. So something had to give at some point and Finally, Twin Falls broke through, and you know they've got some talent over there. They're 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 somebody that's going to make some noise, you know. And uh, you know Valley View hung close, but uh, it was in that third quarter where Valley View started to put a drive together. I believe it was over an eight-minute drive, marched right down the field, and uh, Twin Falls got a turnover, and that just really took a lot of the wind out of the sails of Valley View. And Twin Falls was able to just kind of take control from there. Um, but for the Bruins, man. You, they, that's exactly what they needed to get their season started. Otherwise, they're they're fighting uphill again. Yep, and they'll be right in the mix. Uh, people seem to think, along with Minico, the Spartans start the year two and zero. They're the preseason favorites in the conference. Uh, they they had a nice win. We talked about they they opened up week zero against Century, which is always tough because you're basically playing a varsity game with the minimum number of practices you you can have before a game they looked a lot better last week in a 26 to 8 win over bonneville yeah you know minico is i mean you're 2-0 and and i mean you can criticize all you want but you're still 2-0 you know and and right now minico's winning ugly in certain areas there's some things they've got to clean up but they're i mean you think about it if they're doing it this way imagine what they could be when they got it together, you know, um, defensively, Minico was outstanding, you know, three turnovers, uh, their, their old line stepped up a little bit or a little bit more physical. There's, uh, there's still some issues in the passing game that Minico has to get figured out. You know, they've had, uh, they had problems the first week, uh, some drop passes this time around. And so there's some issues there to, to work on, but, uh, the thing that Minico really has to, to, to work on is their penalties. I mean, it's two games in a row that Minico has been flagged for nearly a hundred yards of penalties, you know, and those things are going to come, but they're still winning ball games, you know, and, and Minico is, is, you know, they're, they're good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, once they get things cleaned up over there, they're going to be really tough. Yeah. I might take it up uh, a level once they get some of those uh, small, smaller things cleaned up. Yeah. Jerome, the final team in the great basin, they actually played Gooding, which is a three, a SCIC school, but uh, Gooding is pretty consistently been ranked in the top five in both the preseason and in regular season media and coaches polls. 
Everybody thinks the Senators are going to be pretty good this year. This, this was a low-scoring game. Gooding came away with a 14-9 to victory. Yeah, Jerome was up 9 nothing um, late in the second half. I mean, they are holding Gooding, the, the big, powerful, strong Gooding team, to a goose egg on the scoreboard. I mean, they're getting all the breaks. They're flying to the football. Um, they're they're outplaying Gooding, you know, and and this was a game that I think a lot of people saw Gooding just absolutely walking all over Jerome. And I think Jerome surprised themselves. And so they walked out of there going, my goodness, we didn't get blown out. We may have something here, you know, but, uh, you know, Gooding is, Gooding's Gooding and they're going to find a way to win. And, and they did that. You know, they scored a couple of late touchdowns. Curtis Atkinson for Gooding was, you know, fantastic, you know, eight of 14, 133 yards through the air, but, 22 carries, 129 yards, and a couple of scores. And, you know, and people are looking at, uh, you know, Colston Loveland, the Michigan guy. What was he? How many touchdowns? Was he going to score seven touchdowns? Was he going to be a video game? No, he wasn't offensively. Offensively, he was pretty much held in check. Defensively is where he shined. I mean, he had 10 tackles, you know, five of them for loss, three sacks, a blocked field goal. You know, I mean, that's what your athlete's going to do. And and uh, in the end, it was – almost a bigger, faster, stronger, maybe not faster, but bigger and stronger for sure, uh, that they came away with the win. Yeah, for Gooding, I think a big key for them will be uh, how do we figure out what plan B, plan C, plan D is when Colston Loveland yeah. is neutralized offensively and maybe Atkinson isn't getting those runs that he is used to. So, uh, And for Jerome, I think that, yeah, like you said, that's a big positive. I think the Great Basin Conference is going to be really competitive this year. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see because you do have, you know, the power game in Minico. You do have, you know, a pretty good skill set in Twin Falls. And then you just kind of have the grid of Jerome, you know, that could make some noise, do something. But, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting. We need a couple more weeks to kind of see how this thing takes shape. Yeah, that's for sure. So uh, let's talk more about the SCIC um, it, it was kind of a tough week for the conference, uh, not a ton of wins. I think another game that was probably really surprising to a lot of people was Kimberly, uh, making the trip over to Blackfoot to play snake river. This was a rematch from last year's playoff opener when Kimberly scored a touchdown late and uh, that propelled them on a nice little playoff run. But, uh, snake river, I mean, 57 to 40, they defeat Kimberly. We know the Bulldogs have skill players galore, but if they can't stop anybody it might be a long season. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Kimberly never got a stop, you know. I mean, defense was optional for both of these teams, you know, and it was video game statistics across the board. And, uh, you know, Kimberly kind of had their eyes open just a little bit. It's like, holy crap, we have got to get it together defensively or it, we could have a long season. And, uh, you know, I think Kimberly has been touted with all this speed and, you know, and the, and the skill positions that they have on offense. And But, you know, when it comes down to it, and uh, Kimberly did not get any, but, you know, they were able to uh, produce over 400 yards of offense. Um, offensively, you know, Heath Owens was 28 of 44 for 366 yards and four touchdowns and a losing effort. Also had a rushing touchdown, Gatlin Bear, nine catches, 151 yards, two touchdowns, and a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um you know, Laughlin, 10 catches, 137 yards and a touchdown. Widmeyer, 10 carries and a touchdown. I mean, all of that in a losing effort. Yeah, fine. You're going to put up 40 points and you're still going to lose by 17. Yeah, you got some uh, you got some issues you need to work out. And, 
you know, the knock on Kimberly right now is, is in the trenches. You know, are they going to be able to handle the physicality up front? But the offset to that is they've got so much speed on the outside. If they can just get rid of the ball, get it out, whatever, um, that's the only way they're going to be able to offset that, that lack of experience they have in on the inside. And so that leads to some interesting defensive coverages you're going to see, you know, from defenses trying to corral um, in Kimberly into maybe getting it away from their speed guys and forcing them to run the ball. Who knows? So, yeah, Kimberly's really interesting right now. It'll be interesting to see what they do next week uh, against Jerome or this week against Jerome. Yeah, see how they respond there for sure. Uh, Filer, they've got a brand new head coach and Justin Bransma, mm-hmm. kind of a younger guy, and they had a tough opponent right out of the gates, North Fremont. Now that's a two A school, but they were one play away from playing for the two A championship last year. They were a semifinalist team. They bring back a lot of good players. They're a team that expects to be in the mix for the two A title again. And in one score game, North Fremont did win, but it was only thirty four to twenty seven. Yeah, you know, and uh, the thing for Filer is is they're going to have to figure out how to stop the run. I mean, there were 412 rushing yards for North Fremont. And, um, I mean, North Fremont is good. I mean, the Huskies are a, a legit 2A football powerhouse. And so, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna run the ball on people. I mean, they're not going to throw it a, a ton. So you better figure out how to stop the run. You know, and, and Filer, they were actually – you know, they had the lead. North Fremont was down by seven with 10 minutes left in the fourth. You know, and so for Filer to uh, hang around and and start their season competitively, you know, that does give them some momentum moving forward. And, you know, North Fremont only scored on a 65-yard uh, counter, I believe, uh, that did it. So it was a big play. It wasn't a sustained drive. They just gave up a big play in the fourth quarter, and that was the, the whole difference. But for Filer – and their young coach. I mean, I do think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And po- a positive sign for sure. And then Buell, you know, they've got a kind of a new quasi old coach, Alan Reynolds uh, back at Buell. And uh, they, they had a tough matchup right out of the gates against Weezer, a three, a title favorite, the, the Wolverines won 35 to six. We'll see what Buell can do in their next contest Two a Declo looks strong as ever. Uh, they're, one of the handful of teams in the two A that that can contend. They were a semifinal team last year. They shut out West Jefferson forty-two to nothing. Pretty good start. Oh man, they rushed for four hundred and seventy-seven yards in that game. I mean, that's insane. Thirty-seven attempts, four hundred and seventy-seven yards, only seven passing attempts. So it's like you know what? We're going to run the football. Uh, West Jeff, stop us! And uh, they they did not. And so Declo, you know, coming out of the gates. I mean, they look. They looked really tough in that game, and uh, they can continue to run the ball um, and get big plays like they did, and they, they caused three turnovers on the defensive side of things as well. I mean, that was a solid effort by Deckwell. Yeah, the biggest thing for them will be uh, continuing to do well in the non-conference because their their league is so small, and they are kind of head and shoulders above the other two programs yeah. in their district. So that'll be interesting to watch as Deckwell goes along. And then our, our 1As – you know, I feel like the conversation in, in eight-man football always has to start with Carey. They, of course, looked really good against Garden Valley, uh, a 52 to nothing shutout. Hey, this just in. Carey's probably going to be pretty good again this year. Yeah, Carey does what Carey does. They just steamroll people. And, uh, you know, the, the only thing is that, man, you just you want to see him get challenged. 
you know, because you, you want to see them get battle tested, but Kerry is just so stinking good um, that they're just, they are, they're going to boat race people all season long and then get challenged when they get into the playoffs. So, you know, for Kerry, it's about keeping focused on getting better and not getting focused on the score because you see teams like that, that, you know, just really breeze through their schedule and they have a little false sense of security and, you know, carry and their coaching staff, if they do a good job of keeping those kids grounded, because, you know, it's easy to do when you're blowing teams out 52 to nothing that you're like, Oh, Hey, we're pretty dang good. We don't need to do this. We don't need to work here. We, you know, whatever. Um, but that would be the only weakness right now for carry is, is that side of things. Speaking of big blowouts, Raft River was competing in the eight-man classic against Clearwater Valley. That's uh, two teams that a lot of people think are going to be in the playoffs this year for the 1-8-D1 ranks. And, and that was a, a big dominant win for uh, Raft River, 48 to nothing. They looked really strong out of the gate. Yeah, they did. I mean, Raft River, they've got, they've got some depth, you know, and that's going to be huge for them because they can get fresh guys in there all the time. I mean, uh, they rotated guys in and those guys made big, big plays after another, a scoop and score strip sacks. Uh, and they shut down Pickering, you know, for Clearwater Valley, who was one of those players that, uh, you know, Clearwater Valley is supposed to be good. They're going to need Pickering to step it up, but obviously he can't do it alone. Raft river had no issue with him at all. And so, you know, Raft river, exact same boat as carry, you know, pay attention to getting better, not the score. Yep. And uh, the the other teams that were competing at the eight-man classic from the Magic Valley, I thought all looked impressive. Uh, Lighthouse Christian fell to Kendrick 42 to 36, but I think the Lions showed that they've got plenty of big play potential. Still, they hit on a couple of huge plays right before halftime. Glenn's Ferry lost to Prairie 48 to 14, but I was talking to Logan Green, who was broadcasting that game for us for IdahoSports.com, and he said he thought Glenn's Ferry uh, actually looked pretty good. You know, they were a play or two away from making that uh, a closer game, and he he went so far as to say that he thinks Glenn's Ferry could even leapfrog um, Lighthouse Christian for third place in the district this year. So we'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. And then, of course, Oakley, the defending 1AD1 champs, they were in kind of a shootout with Lapway. Uh, they end up winning 54-34, but they had to really uh, score late to put away Lapway. So. Yeah, they do. I mean, Lapway is just Lapway. They are filled with athletes. And, you know, they're, they're not necessarily football players or basketball players or tracks. They are just athletes that can do it all there. And, um, you know, they're going to give people problems. And Oakley – you know, it was, I think it was a good opening game for Oakley. You know, Oakley is, is a powerhouse, and and uh, they got punched in the mouth a little bit and kind of had to to figure out how to win that ball game, and, and they did. I mean, 54 points is huge, um, but they gave up 34 as well. So uh, a good, solid win for Oakley, and, and uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, season down here with these smaller schools in the Valley because there are some good teams. Yep, for sure. Other highlights from the eight-man slate. Castle Ford, we've talked about, will be pretty mm-hmm. solid. We think they shut out Chalice 64 to nothing. Dietrichs, the defending 1A D2 champs. They beat Rimrock 52 to 8. Uh, you had the annual uh, battle for the wagon wheel. Murtaugh uh, defeated Hansen 62 to 26. Um, Hagerman and Shoshone are playing kind of these hybrid varsity JV schedules where it's half and half. They both got varsity wins on Friday. Uh, Hagerman beat Greenleaf friends 50 to 26. And then Shoshone beat Mackey 26 to six. So overall, I mean, it was a pretty good opening weekend for the magic Valley, Scott. 
Oh yeah, Magic Valley really did well, especially in the uh, 1As and 2As. I mean, they got some good teams down here. They're putting up points. So once we get to that postseason, I hope uh, we see a lot of these these teams in the playoffs. For sure. Uh, let's quickly look at the upcoming games and and some that stand out on the schedule. Um, to me, right away, there's a ton in in the 4A Great Basin Conference, including an- another conference game here in Week Two. One and O Mountain Home versus One and O Wood River. Somebody's going to be two and O in the league after this game, Scott. Oh yeah, I mean, you would have said that uh, Wood River or Mountain Home would be two and O after the first two games. I mean, not looking at who they're playing and stuff like that. You're like, holy cow, somebody's doing something right. And uh, that game will be really interesting because, again, uh, Mountain Home's size on the defensive line is, is something to be reckoned with. Uh, Wood River, you know, coming off a, a, a big, big win. I, I still think the advantage on this one is Mountain Home. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm not a, a bookie by any means, but uh, I'd, I'd say Mountain Home's got the advantage on on this one but uh it'll be an interesting game for sure and 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 obviously some you know starting to sort out the pecking order in the great basin yep a little bit more separation here in week two you've got minico traveling for the first time this year they're going to middleton who looked really good uh that should be a fun matchup you've got twin falls uh hosting pocatello uh the thunder are one and oh and they looked pretty good at the rocky mountain rumble uh, and then you've got Jerome for the second time uh, in two weeks playing an SCIC opponent. So a lot of good non-conference action in the Great Basin as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and this is what the cool thing is about the the Great Basin schedule minus Wood River Mountain Home is that most of us have got first three games of non-conference just to kind of get it figured out before we head into conference play. And so after that third week, that's when all of the all of the guesswork really starts to happen it's like okay now we're heading into conference what's going to happen here um so with twin falls playing pocatello you know they're going to get challenged and uh Domenico has definitely got uh, a challenge going on the road to middleton you know and then of course jerome playing kimberly with all their speed um i mean kimberly could easily put up another 50 if you know jerome's not careful so yeah there's a lot of this is this is the cool thing about the non-conference schedule is that uh, it's like it functions as a preseason, you know, and this is where you kind of fill out your team and like, okay, what do we got to work on? And hope by the end of game three, you've got it fixed. Yep. And then at the two A's, Declo hosts Aberdeen. That's a pair of one and O teams. Aberdeen was a playoff team last year. I, I did that game Friday night where they beat American Falls and they got a pretty good running attack. Uh, Aberdeen does. So we'll see what Declo can do there. Um, and then at the, the lower, excuse me, the lower. <laughs> Ooh, the lower levels, the one A's uh, lighthouse. Christian is going to go to Butte County uh, carry hosting North gem. That's two teams. I think could be pretty good this year. Uh, they're both one and O castle Ford's going to host water Springs, which should be a good matchup. Um, and then I think uh, Glenn's ferry has a good chance to maybe get their first win of the year as they travel to Idaho city. So the lower levels, we got good contests as well. Yeah, absolutely. You got a couple of one and O teams going against each other and, you know, a couple of teams that blew out other teams, you know, in the opening week. Let's see how they respond against a better competition. Yep, for sure. Well, it's going to be a, another jam-packed schedule full of uh, high school action, football, soccer, and volleyball this week. Uh, we'll be here to break it down for you next week on the Magic Valley PrepCast. We'll see, we'll see if the Magic Valley can keep that hot streak going, Scott. 
Yeah, we will. So we'll be talking next week uh, about how great we are moving into week three. That's right. Sounds like a game plan. So (laughs) thanks for tuning into this week's edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey on IdahoSports.com.